0: Put yourself back in time to
1: Jerusalem,
0: A.D. 32. The rabbi, Jesus, has gained a large following, but the people are deeply divided over him. Jerusalem is in a state of panic. The city is unnerved. Must be careful what I say times for a Torah teacher like me if I say anything favorable about Jesus as the Messiah I'll lose my job might even lose my life but that is the big important question of life is Jesus truly the Messiah God's Son I've been wrestling with that difficult question for decades Ever since I heard an old priest tell me his incredible story. It happened about 30 years ago when I first went to Jerusalem to be apprenticed in the law. I uh, went to worship at the temple, met with the people. We were praying on the outside and there was a priest praying on the inside of the temple offering up incense. But He was taking an unusually long time, and the people were rather concerned. Maybe something had happened to him. And when he emerged from the temple, he couldn't speak. He motioned with his hands that he had seen a vision. Wow, what a a great way to start your ministry as a teacher of the law. I later learned that this guy's name was Zachariah. He was a good man, a godly man, with a great reputation. And when he finished his week of service there in the temple, he went home and didn't say a word. It was about a year ago when I was walking the streets of Jerusalem, and I saw this this same priest, Zachariah. I, I went up to him and said, sir, do you remember last year when When you had a vision in the temple, well, of course, you remember that. Could you tell me what happened? And he graciously told me his amazing story. He said that he and his wife, Elizabeth, could not have any children. They prayed for many, many years, but nothing happened. As the years were advancing, they had nearly given up all hope until that day. Zachariah went into the temple. He said he saw an angel, and the angel said to him, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. You and Elizabeth will have a son. You'll call him John. Many will rejoice at his birth, and he will be great in God's sight, for he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Zach said he could could hardly believe this mind-blowing message. And so the angel announced to him, Because you doubted, you will not be able to speak until your son is born. Zach said, Sure enough, I was mute. I could not utter a word until nine months later when my son was born. I wrote on a slate, His name is John. And as soon as Zachariah did that, he said that his tongue was loosened, and he was able to speak, and he said with a smile, I haven't stopped talking since, <laughs> giving praise to God. Then Zachariah looked me right in the eye, and he said, son. God has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, just as he said through his holy prophets long ago. And my son, my son will be called a prophet of the Most High, and he will go before the Lord and prepare a way for him. Never forget this, young man. God's word is true. He keeps his promises. Messiah is coming soon. Well, when he finished, I was speechless. <laughs> no doubt that Zachariah had some life-changing experience in the temple that day, but many thought he was crazy. They thought he was just an old fool seeking some kind of attention. Me? I didn't know what the thing Then I started my ministry in the temple as a grammatus, a scribe, a a religious scholar, if you will, and I joined the Pharisees. Now, that was a good thing. In, In that day, the Sadducees were the priestly group. They were more politically oriented. They had liberal leanings, and they wanted to change the word of God. Whereas on the other hand, the Pharisees wanted to preserve the word of God. They were traditional, and they were focused more on the spiritual, not on the political. We were teachers of the law, applying the Bible to daily Jewish life. And because we were experts in the law, we were called lawyers. (laughs) I was a lawyer. Do you know any good lawyer jokes? There was this builder, this architect, and this lawyer, see? And and they were discussing whose profession was the oldest. The builder says, well, it has to be a builder because the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God's a builder, oldest profession. Architect said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before God created the heavens and the earth, he had to bring order out of chaos. That's a designer. God's an architect. The lawyer said... Who do you think created chaos? (laughs) How do lawyers sleep? Uh, They lie on one side and then they lie on the other side. (laughs) Why do they bury lawyers under 20 feet of dirt? Because deep down they're really good people. (laughs) How many lawyer jokes are there in the world? Three. The rest are true stories. <laughs> Marry a lawyer, they never lose their appeal. Oh, don't use that one again. <laughs> but I love studying the law. My joy was my job. Every day, I began to read from the Torah, or or maybe the book of Psalms, or, or, or sometimes from the prophets. I was driven by this simple goal, what do the scriptures say? And I found out that they had a lot to say about Messiah. My favorite messianic portions of scripture were from Isaiah. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Or this one. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. The everlasting father, the prince of peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon David's throne and on his kingdom to establish it and order it with justice and judgment from this time forth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And I found this one. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. That's exactly what the angel said to Zechariah concerning his son. Could it be true? These words about the Messiah. During those days, the leader in Judea was Herod the Great, Caesar's friend. Caesar forced an Edomite to convert to Judaism and then made him ruler of our land and gave him the title King of the Jews when he wasn't even a Jew. Well, we married a Hasmonean Jewish princess by the name of Maryamne, hoping to court our favor, but we did not embrace him. We did not trust him. He was a foreigner. And the Torah in the book of Deuteronomy says, be sure as you select your king to select the man the Lord chooses, you must appoint a fellow Israelite. You may not select a foreigner. Herod did a few good things. He was a good builder. Built that wonderful city, Caesarea, on the sea. Built the temple here in Jerusalem, which is truly amazing. He built a gorgeous palace in Jericho and another one at Masada. One time, Herod even cut our taxes by one-third, hoping to gain our support. But he couldn't win our affection. Herod was a vain and twisted He ruled by terror and intimidation, and he was ruthless. Now, I don't know what happened, but somehow Herod fell out of favor with Caesar Augustus. And that's when his paranoia took over. Herod killed his own wife and two of his sons, merely based on suspicion. He tried to live a kosher life which led Caesar Augustus to say "'Tis better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. Herod killed 45 of the priests in the Sanhedrin. That's all but one simply because they opposed him. And then he handpicked a new high priest so he could control him. It was about this time that There went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This census was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And so everyone had to be registered, traveling to their own hometown, the town of their ancestors. This is very inconvenient and rather expensive. Caesar knew that this would infuriate the people partly why he did it, because now they would hate Herod even more. But I had no idea how God was going to use that royal decree to fulfill ancient Almost a year after that census, Jerusalem was stunned by the sudden appearance of dignitaries come from Persia. Magi they were called, students of the stars, men of astronomy. Their nickname was the Kingmakers. They wore conical hats, rode beautiful Persian stallions, came into town with great pomp protected by a a small army of armed guards. But the thing that really stunned Jerusalem was this, their mission. Where is he who is born king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. That's when rumors began to fly. Herod understood the political power of religion. A babe stealing my title. A star leading wise learned men hundreds of miles from home. A child allegedly fulfilling ancient prophecy as as Israel's future king. I must stop this, Herod said in his madness. And Herod the Great became Herod the greatly afraid. The whole town was afraid. Afraid that this would provoke Herod to even more cruelty and violence. Herod quickly called together the Sanhedrin, the brain trust of all his theologians. The chief priests were the Sadducees, teachers of the law, that was us. And he demanded from us. I could see the anger contorting his face and the jealousy in his voice. Tell me, tell me where this one is going to be born, this king of the Jews. And I was the one that gave him the answer. I first took a portion of scripture from the prophet Micah to establish the place. But you, Bethlehem, In the land of Judah, are not least among the thousands of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. You see, Bethlehem was a small village, very unimportant, but when Messiah is coming to Bethlehem, when he's born there, it'll make the city famous. Micah establishes the place. But then I appended a line to the prophecy of Micah taken from the writings of Samuel. It was during the time when King Saul had died and David now was going to be made ruler of all of Israel. And the Lord, according to Samuel, said to David, you will shepherd my people Israel and you will rule over them. Well, not have been more apparent. Herod wasn't a true king. He was an imposter, a fraud. And if he noticed I slipped that little verse in there from Samuel, I was in big trouble. But the king, Messiah the king, will be a shepherd king. He will be David-like. Herod sent the wise man to Bethlehem to look for this baby king, and he told them to come back and report to him. It wasn't difficult to know what he had in mind. But we never saw the Magi again. It was said when the Magi went to Bethlehem, they found more than a king. They found the Messiah, the one who was predicted by Daniel the prophet, the prophet who lived in Persia for so many years. Because of their devotion to this new baby king, they didn't want Herod to know his whereabouts, so they traveled home another way, avoiding this crazy,
1: these men who come in here to tell me of a king? Do they not know that I am Herod and I rule everything? Who is this boy that they seek that leads them with a star? Go get my priests and men of wisdom before this goes. Too far. Tell me the city if you know where this child would be. In Bethlehem, you say, Well, I find that hard to believe. If I can get these wise men to lead me to this place, then perhaps I can get rid of him before I am disgraced. I am the king, I am the king. I won't share my throne with anyone, and I'll not rest until he's gone. I am the king, I am the king. And no little boy is gonna come to take my crown away. What will I do if they don't find him, tell me where he is? How can I know that he is gone and that I'm done with this? There must be a way that I can know this tiny threat is through. And if I'm adding right, this little boy could be no more than two. I am the king. I am the king. I will share my throne. I'll not rest until he's gone, I am the king, I am the king, and no little boy is gonna come to take my crown away, I'll have my own way, I am the king, I am the king.
0: Herod was enraged that he had been outwitted by the wise man. He ordered that all the boys in Bethlehem, two years and under, be slain, effectively wiping out a future generation. We lived in Jerusalem, not too far from Bethlehem, and we could hear the horrible cries, the howling of broken families weeping for their lost sons, fulfilling the prophet Jeremiah's words. In Ramah, there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they were no more. When things settled down, I went to Bethlehem to investigate, but there was nothing there. The villagers said the family had left, and the boy? Gone too, maybe killed. Since the Magi left, there's no trace that a Savior was born in this city. Oh, there's a few shepherds who have some wild stories about angels singing in the sky. But who believes shepherds? And, And if Messiah does come, he's going to come to us, the keepers of his law, not to some unclean people. You know, sometimes when your hopes crash upon the hard rocks of reality, Feel obliged to abandon your faith. And my faith was almost gone. But life went on. For me as a teacher of the law, I think it was twelve years later when I was teaching in the temple courts in Jerusalem. Feast of Passover was just finishing, most of the families were gone. But there was a 12-year-old boy who had just been bar mitzvahed, and he was lingering in the temple. Come to find out, his parents had forgotten him. They were on their way home to the Galilee, and the boy just stayed listening to the teachers of the law. He was a bright young man, polite, possessing unusual intelligence and confidence, wisdom far beyond his years. He would listen intently to our teaching. His questions were insightful, and his answers astounded us all. Son, where are you from? I'm from Nazareth, but but I was born not too far away from here in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. Uh, There aren't too many 12-year-old boys born in Bethlehem, because 12 years ago, that's your family I'm son of Joseph son of Jacob son of David my heart began to pound could this be the boy I couldn't wait for his parents to come and get him if they were going to come and get him and ask them when your boy was born did you have any unusual visitors come to you from Persia But they came the next day and took him before I even had a chance to meet them. Zechariah's vision in the temple. The Magi visiting Bethlehem. And now this remarkable boy born in Bethlehem. Are they connected? Could it be? It was 18 years later been a Pharisee for many, many years, and there was this raw, rather rough, radical prophet that materialized on the scene. He was out baptizing people in the dirty Jordan River, but the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So I wanted to go and check this thing out along with some of the other Pharisees and members of the Sanhedrin. We made our way all the way down to the Jordan. And when this prophet saw us, he said, You brood of vipers, you family of snakes, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? How's that for a warm welcome? (laughs) Who's this lunatic? What in the world is he doing? Well, they call him John the Baptizer, but he is John bar Zachariah, the son of one of your priests. Could this be? Could this be the Isaiah guy? Could this be the thing that the Lord is? Is he the one preparing the way for the Lord? And sure enough, the next day, John introduced us to Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And from that day, I began to follow the ministry of this Jesus with great interest. I was amazed at the freshness of his teaching and the power of his preaching. Now, almost all the other Pharisees rejected him. The Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, they were all afraid that he threatened our institution. But I could not ignore his miracles, and I was an of Jesus, albeit from a distance. For I am still a Pharisee. I think it was the next Passover when I heard that Jesus was in Jerusalem, and I just had to talk to him. I had some questions that were burning in my soul. So I went to him secretly by night. And I said, Rabbi, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a member of the ruling Jewish council. And we know that you are a teacher come from God because no one can do all the miracles you're doing unless God is with him. Jesus changed the subject and said to me, Nicodemus, I tell you the truth. You will never see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Born? How, how can I be born when I'm old, Rabbi? Surely I, I can't enter a second time into my mother's womb tell you the truth. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born of the water and of the spirit. That which is born by the flesh is flesh. That's the physical birth. That which is born by the spirit is spirit. That's the heavenly birth. Don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born from above. Understand these things. You're Israel's teacher, and you don't understand. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in His name may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, Nicodemus, that He sent his only Son, so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I've been a teacher of the law all my life, religious. Back to the day, I can remember, but I wasn't born. From above John said repent Jesus said believe and so I did I turned from my sins and put my faith in Jesus the Messiah the babe that was born in Bethlehem sent by the father's love I embraced him with all of my heart I may lose my May even lose my life. But that's how a Pharisee became a follower of Jesus the Messiah.
1: Would you stand with me and let's sing the chorus?